Hey, good morning, good afternoon or good evening to you, depending on when you're watching this edition of Hypnosis Week Live. Yes, it's me again, Alex Williams-Smith, better known to many of you as Jonathan Royal, the British bad boy of hypnosis from MagicalGuru.com. But as always, enough about me. Um, I've got another great guest for you, a guest who has carved his own niche in the industry, which is something we've talked about in the past, creating your own niche, because that way then you, you stand out out more you become the go-to expert for it and quite most definitely without argument the gentleman I'm about to introduce you to has done that with what generally will be termed as perhaps sports psychology or sports motivational hypnotherapy or peak performance hypnotherapy it doesn't matter what you call it there's so many different areas you could do it in but this gentleman I'm about to introduce you to as well he's made a name for himself in the world of Dart. So please welcome to the show all the way from Ireland, Stephen McKibben. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing, Stephen? Hi. Look, uh, before we get into your hypno darts, which is like you've carved a, a cracking niche there for yourself, uh, and I know that people that you've been, I don't really want to use the word treating, but um, been helping, motivating, coaching. coaching. That, yeah, that's a better word using hypnotic and NLP skills and whatnot are doing incredibly well. So we'll come to that in a minute. But before you got into the darts and before you got into hypnotherapy, everyone's got a story of how they got to where they are. How did you end up getting involved in all this? Oh, you're going back many years now. Um, I uh, originally was during my school years was a a, a competitive martial artist all oh, right I, okay. I competed in jiu-jitsu and kickboxing and uh oh did a bit of boxing always was a very competitive person you know i didn't want to come second because i never wanted to be the first loser you know and that was my background then I, I, I streamed in finance at university but while i was doing that i did uh, a few hip, hip, hypnotherapy courses mainly for memory retention and because I'd seen uh, a display by, oh, it was a martial artist using self-hypnosis to help people break bricks. Okay. And I, I was only young at the time, maybe 15, 16, and that intrigued me. So while I was doing my studies at school and then further on college and university, I was also par parallelly studying hypnotherapy. And I did a few courses with uh, the likes of La Roche College. I think they were based in Scarborough, I'm not sure. And then centre training. And then, you know, but I took a full-time job in, uh, in finance. And I was doing the hypnotherapy in the evenings. And it was really generic, like stop smoking, weight loss, phobia cure. Your bread and butter stuff, you know, which in reality, changing a few words, you could use the same spill to treat all of them you know what i mean you, you you now no longer smoke you now no longer afraid of spiders spiders are insignificant to you cigarettes are insignificant to you but i was using i was when i stopped competing in martial arts i moved into teaching martial arts and i was using my hypnotherapy techniques and some of my more uh how would you say more capable students you know, uh, I'm not saying everybody's not capable, but everybody's only capable to a certain degree. So you can make people become their best version of themselves. You know, it doesn't mean they'll be the best in the world. It's the same 
with the darts, I can make people play play the best they can possibly play. I've been fortunate enough that that has been the best in the world on a number of occasions. But you yeah. know, if you if you came to me and says, Stephen, I want to throw like Michael Van Gerwen or I want to throw like Glenn Durant, I'd say, Jonathan, I can make you throw the best you can throw. You know, I can't say that inevitably that may end up as good as them. But inevitably, it may end up the worst player in the pub team too, you know what I mean? You still have to have the hand-eye coordination, you know. Um, but going back to prior to a launched into this, I was teaching martial arts. I was using the, 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 the mind coaching techniques, as we'll call them, for want of a better phrase, on more capable students. I uh, started to realize that, you know, I enjoyed the sports performance mind coaching better than the generic treatment. I still occasionally do the generic treatment as we all have mortgages and children that seem to think money grows on trees. <laughs> um, so you still have to, you still have to have an income, but I get more of a reward out of making somebody excel. I mean, I've, I, I can only give the names of the people that are willing to go public, which mainly is the dart players. But on, on on that, I've also created three PGA Tour card players, you know, people that thought they wouldn't get their Tour card. They came to me. That's golf, golf. isn't it? Yeah. Yes. So I'm uh, saying I'm not very up on sport, but roughly. Yeah, no, and I've also helped people get onto the main snooker tour, you know, and, and a lot of them don't want uh, uh, to give publicity because of the reasons they think I don't want somebody else doing this. I mean, there's quite a few dart players who have won World majors are saying to me, worst thing I ever did was tell other dart players about you because now they're all playing better. You know, and to me, that's the best thing they've done. But I can understand as somebody being competitive, you want that edge over your opponent. You want to realize I've got something he hasn't got. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but unfortunately, (laughs) quite a lot, I mean, in the BDO, at one stage, 14 of the top 16 were using me, you know, and then in the yeah. PDC, which I have quite a few players that would use me, but again, don't give the publicity because they, they want that edge. In fact, a lot of them don't know each other are using me. Um, <laughs> I, I have about 13 of the top 20, you know, so it's, uh, and, and that's on a rolling basis because the rankings change all the time. But I mean, Scott Mitchell came to me via another dart player and says, I want to start winning. Now, the other dart player said to me, this guy's great ability, but he's only getting the quarters and semis of tournaments. And they came to me within 18 months of coming to me. It won 10 world ranking tournaments and topped it off for the world championships. (laughs) You know, and he gave me so much publicity on the back of him giving me publicity. Glenn Durant came to me, and Glenn Durant is now a three-time world champion, two-time world master, three-time Fender master, and I don't know how many Opens he's won. I think he's safe to say. He hasn't won any of them. I'm just going to include He hasn't won any of them until he came to me. I think it would be safe to say, if you keep saying world champion, and to me, world champion uh, suggests playing against people from all over the world and winning. Yeah? Yeah. Well, on that basis, given what you've just said, if people listen back when, when they watch the replay as well, um, I think it's safe to say then that it's not only just that you've got a niche in the darts, but you 
quite categorically state that you are the world's most successful hypnotherapist in terms of um, motivation and peak performance for darts players. Simple as. Yeah, I'll take that. I wouldn't have said it myself, but now you said it'll take well, that. Well, the results you're telling me your clients have been getting, yeah. I think the results speak for themselves, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, well, there last month, Ross Montgomery won his second Dutch Open under me. There's over 5,000 people from all over the world playing the Dutch Open, and that's the second time he's won that. Now, that, that in itself is a feat that 99.9 of the world's top dart players can't claim. You know, uh, it's I, I would say out of Opens, now forget your, your, your majors where you've qualified all year and, and your seeded players go in to the last 32 or whatever, but as regards the Opens, the Dutch Open's probably the hardest one to win. Ross Montgomery's won two under me, you know what I mean? It's uh, I took Tony O'Shea to two world finals, and, and again he won the Dutch Open under me. But Tony would say himself, his lifestyle choices cost him the titles. You know, I'm not going to go into it. You know, we all know people's... Uh, Habits in the darts circuit of well, everybody starts playing darts in the pub. Well, you know what I mean? That's the first thing. You know what I mean? you'd see them on telly. They banned it now, haven't they? But it used to yeah. be pinting and cigarette in the other. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember watching it as a kid, and you would have seen them holding the cigarette as they're throwing <laughs> and they're lifting the paint, and you're going. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got to like ask my job today on this interview is to ask you the questions that people at home in our industry would probably be thinking of. And one that just jumped into my head there is it did used to be a game where people were, they were, you know, if I drank as much as I saw people drinking in a darts game when it used to be on TV, I'd fall on the floor and yet they're able to yeah. throw these darts. And, get, and arguably, I heard stories that there were darts players who couldn't hit bullseye, for example, unless they'd have several pints. Yeah, well, I, I, there, I, I know a number that are still, not, and this is only from me going to tournaments and, yeah. with my players and, and I'm watching players. I know some players that cannot lift the dart until they've had 10 pints of beer. I couldn't drink 10 pints of beer, you know what I mean? No. I, mean, <laughs> not, I, I wouldn't find my way home after 10 pints of no. beer. Is that something you've helped, uh, helped anyone with? I mean, obviously, without yes. Oh, yes. the ability to get into that zone without having to drink. Totally. And, you know, uh, that, I would say I would speak to them. The, the first, there's a few who said to me, I want to be able to play without alcohol. And I says, well, you can. Oh, I can't. I says, have you a dartboard in the house? Yes. Can you lift darts and throw the dartboard in the house? Yes. Can you hit a bullseye? Yes. Can you hit a treble 20? Yes. Well, do you need? Are you drinking in the house? Oh no, my wife doesn't let me drink in the house. And then you're going. Well, it's hand-eye coordination. It's nothing to do with the alcohol. Ah, uh, but in the pub, my, no, no, no. That's your association because you're in the pub. You're playing a pub game, and you feel you have to drink. But if you can do it hand, it's 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 like a sniper. You know, if he can shoot at the target a hundred times long in the shooting range, it you know invariably the reason he's not able to do it in war is is the pressure and the overthinking yeah. i'm not saying that's slightly different you know that's it's killing people but that's like but hand-eye coordination is the basic principle of darts if you've good hand-eye coordination and you can hit the target you know but then when people you know yourself when people start overthinking things 
they create and compound a problem. It's the same with your uh, CMT uh, and, and treating people for, for phobias. Remember, I remember years ago, I think 2004 or something, talking to you in the Britannia Hotel, and you mentioned the spider with the roller skates and the hat, and you know, you know, and, and make a comedy thing out of the spider, yeah. you know. Whereas living in the UK as we do, and unless it's pets, there is no poisonous spiders. So in reality, the fear of a spider is extremely irrational. It's not just irrational. It's ex- and, and, and if you don't like them that much, hit them with a shoe. Animal <laughs> rights will go mad. But you know, you know what I mean? Common sense has to prevail. When people overthink a problem, the compound, it, like the snowball running down the hill, and we all know that from our industry. So if somebody comes to me and says, I can get the semi-finals, I can never get the final. It's them that are stopping themselves getting the final by having that thought in their head. Mm-hmm. What they should, should be doing is, well, I'm on target to break that. You know, I can do that. The fella I beat in the quarterfinals won four tournaments this year. So he's made finals and I'm knocking him out. So there's absolutely no reason to stop me making a final. But I would always say to him, why do you only want to make a final? You want to win. Don't be setting the target of just making the final. You're setting the target of winning. If you're going home with the semifinals, quarterfinals, or even the finals, you should be disappointed because you're not there to lose. You you know, it, and especially when it's you're a professional, it's your living. You know what I mean? What you've got to say is that person's trying to take my my wages from me, for want of a better phrase. So you should begin to win. And well, this is just me because I'm extremely competitive. Even even at Christmas time and 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 family quizzes in my mom's house, there is rise because. We're all extremely competitive, and I don't like to lose. And I would use people would say I'm a bad loser, and I say I wouldn't know because it's never happened. So, (laughs) you have to be competitive. You can't be content. See, people are saying, "Well, I'm the fourth seed, so I'll be content if I get the semi-finals." Well, then you'll never ever win anything. You have to go into it as well. I'm the fourth seed. I want to prove them wrong and let them know that I should have been number one. And that, that that would be my way of thinking. It's like when breaking the bricks in, in martial arts, people that are aiming just for the brick is no good. You have to aim a foot past the brick and drive right through it. So you have to push yourself and always aim higher than what even you can think you can achieve. You know what I mean? At, at the end of the day, you have to look at things. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 44, soon 45. When I was 40, I wanted to learn piano. I didn't take a piano lesson. I bought a book, I bought a piano and started playing piano. And now, one of my business ideas, which I shouldn't probably tell because other people probably steal it, but is using hypnotherapy. And we just say it's the 19th of February, 2020, as this is recorded. So that in itself is establishing copyright in the sense of origination of the idea. It won't stop other people perhaps doing it, but it'll certainly establish Stephen's idea He'd had it before today, but he's mentioning it on the 19th of February, 2020. So what I'm going to do is, uh, I've, I've already written about 90% of the scripts of oh, hypnotherapy to advance your sight reading, to advance your plan, to add rhythm to your plan. And I'm in the process of getting my daughter, because I'm not very technical, <laughs> editing videos of me playing chords and tunes and and melodies that people can copy and learn to get them started because when I was 40 I remember asking uh, a piano teacher at my daughter's primary school I was thinking to learn piano 
stop you there. Adults can't learn. And I'm going, well, no, our brains are the same size. Uh-huh. You know, but the thing is, they, that person, he only taught children. But it's rubbish. Not you only see. teach children, but it doesn't mean adults can't learn, does it? Exactly. It's, they're no good at teaching adults. Exactly. And but that in itself made me more as I say I'm very competitive that made me more determined and me how dare he say that to me so I went and bought a book bought a piano bang started um, not saying brilliant because there is pieces that I struggle to play but if I if I focus I can play them but I'm playing pieces that are uh, I'm banned from music shops that are grade 7 which you know it, one grade hires when you teach so <laughs> to me I've done what I want to do so I want to make you know there there is way you know yourself. There's ways to advance your learning. There's way there's language patterns are a great thing to enable people to uh, speed up their learning. You know and and again, you and I know we've been on hypnotherapy courses. I mean I we've you're probably like myself spent many thousands of pounds over the years to listen to a lot of bull bleep. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of people well, stand up. Shit. He's allowed to swear. Bullshit. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people standing up and they're talking, they're talking the biggest load of crap. And you're going, this will not help you hypnotize anybody. You know, and then you, then you, you've, you've spent, you've bought books that were hundreds of pounds and you're reading them. And you're going, this is putting me to sleep. And then you go to your seminars and you, you say, well, by the way, we're cutting out all the bullshit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're going, well, this is what I want. You know, I, mean, I, I, I've been to many hypnosis courses that the people wouldn't hypnotize you, but they put you to sleep. Yeah, and, for and the wrong sure. reasons. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, you, you maybe feel yourself into, oh, was he inducing me? No, he wasn't, because he was only talking about how he got here. It was nothing to do, you know. It, 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 it's, and, and some of them are quite well paid, you know, and you sort of think, you know, their marketing's excellent and mm. the marketing is the key, I suppose. But that'll only sustain so long, which is why you do see flash in the pans, the top hypnosis instructor or top life coach. Then two years later you're going, Whatever happened to them? Mm. You know, so it has to be kept interesting. Yeah, and you have to keep evolving as things keep evolving. You know that more than I know that because I mean as it says in your thing, you are a guru, you know. <laughs> oh, thank you. I mean, that was marketing, but yeah. Well, I, let's face it, the word guru only means teacher anyway. It's uh, some people think that's like an arrogant thing. Of perception. Yeah, exactly. Perception. And as you have always said, it's the belief and expectancy. If they believe you will be great, or if they expect you to be great and believe it, inevitably all you have to do is show your confidence and your belief in yourself, and you will be great. You know, you will get great results. So sports-wise, I'm going to... Uh, you mentioned you've done stuff with... Obviously, we know you've done stuff with darts because you're the creator of the Hypno-Dart system, yeah. which we'll, we'll, we'll call back to in a minute. You've also helped people in golf and other areas, martial arts. What, for the people at home... I mean, I pretty much can anticipate the answer here, other than actually knowing something about what the individual sports person wants to achieve and its relevance to darts golf or martial arts or whatever what are the differences if any in what you actually do with them technique process wise so to speak the words you know if it's sports specific it's the words the process is the same 
they have to aspire to something. If they're not aspiring to anything, if they come to me and say, oh, my wife would like me to to win local golf tournament. Would you like to win the golf tournament? I enjoy playing. Do you want to win? Well, um, I've never really thought about it. That person's never going to be a winner. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it, it has to, you have to have the drive. You have to be competitive. And don't get me wrong, there's many great players that are content with getting to quarters and semis and, and saying, well, look what I've achieved. That, that, to me, when I used to box, when I used to kickbox, I would never have been content. Never have been, you know, I would never have wanted to go home feeling like I lost. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and I can remember in first form or what, what they now call year eight in, in uh, your first year of secondary school. Yeah. I can remember coming second in the, the 1500 metres and telling my dad, and he goes, well done, son, you were the first loser. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he, he, he was joking, but he's right. You know, mm. Who remembers the silver medalists at the go- at the Olympics or the Commonwealth Games? You oh, you remember the gold medalists? No. Unless the person you, you have an affinity with or they're linked to you or you had money on them, you'll remember them. But, you know, the difference in, in, in any... All I've, I've, got to put in the, I've got to put in, if you just put this thought into the head, Stephen, do you but, uh, bets on the games that you're... No. Playing, down. No. 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 Um, I don't. Um, I, I, I don't even know if there's rules that I could or not. But uh, I, I, I mainly don't because my wife would know because she's better online with me. She would see the money going and say, "What are you gambling for?" <laughs> you know what I mean? And as much as I'd like to think I'm in control, mm, I'm not really. You know. Okay. Right. I let on. I I I bluffed my game to let on I'm in charge, but because with the I don't think any of us really are. Your uh, clients get. I know I'd be so tempted to be sticking bets on because you know the majority of the time they're getting amazing. Yeah. Um. Well, well, they pay me, so I'm getting money out of it anyway. Um. I I've never been one to really gamble. I used to gamble on boxing. Um. Until a few certainties get knocked out in the first round, and you're sort of going, mm, you know, you know, you can buck. You, look, like look at your man Deontay Wilder in America. Everybody's saying he can't box. He's at 41 fights and 40 knockouts. It's very hard to avoid a sledgehammer. <laughs> so right, uh, I play devil's advocate in this situation. I know as well. No, I know elements of this have arisen because of what you put out on social media. I know the occasion has occurred where two of your clients have ended up head-to-head with each other. Yes. Okay. So, obviously, one of them, like it lump it, it's the nature of the game, one of them has got to lose in that context, meaning one of your clients has won, one of your clients has lost. That much I do know has happened because I've seen you mention it. What have you, as well as helping people get to where they are, do you also deal with, I mean, in that situation, you're going to have a, one of your clients who's gutted because they've been knocked out. Do yeah, you also deal I with, deal with the reassurance, the reassurance and the aftermath of losing. You, you, you know, and you have to explain to them, you played great. Don't get, it's good that they're gutted that they lost because nobody, nobody, and I, you know, I know we all tell our kids, you've done really well. 
you know, but nobody should be happy at losing. You know, if you're content at losing, you'll never be a winner. But you have to reassure them. Not make them content, but reassure them. You played awesome. You know, you were unlucky. You played awesome. But look at what you've achieved so far. It's a shame you were drawn together because, you know, that, that that in itself could well in saying that players of mine have met in the final as well, which is a win win for me, marketing wise. Well, yeah, <laughs> you you'll probably see Facebook going up and up. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's hard. You see two players in the throw the best game of their life, and the inevitably one of them makes it the final, and he's thrown against somebody. You're going, you know. He's not even good. He, he wasn't good enough to get here, you know. But a lot of it depends on the draw, you know. You know, and with with bigger tournaments and draws being random, you can't predict things. But yes, no. A lot of the times, players of mine have met each other, and uh, I like it when they meet towards the latter stages because then there's, there has been tournaments where. Oh look! Before semi-finalists are all my clients. Let me get on Facebook. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what that. I'm, I'm guaranteed a winner, and then you know yeah. uh, people are straight over. Uh, how, how does this work? And they're asking questions, and, you, and then you weed out the the genuine ones that really want to improve in their game, and the tire kickers will ask the same question thirty times, and you know. And probably the international audience won't know what tire kickers are, but somebody that goes into a car sales room and asks the same question about a car over and over again, and they've never any intention of buying. So you weed them out, but you, you, you get to spot them straight away, especially when the same person's popping up every tournament, asking the same questions. And I go, well, did I not answer this for you before? Just look at the, look at the reply above. I'll t- tell you, people who are watching this, if you go on Google, type in Stephen McKibben, uh, you go on YouTube, do the same, you go on Facebook uh, and type in the same, you will see articles come up in the, I'll call it the sporting media, but it, in yeah. the it, normal media as well, but in the sports section, yeah. where Stephen yeah. is mentioned and you will see the world-class players that... Um, Ah, have mentioned his name and are linked, and they're just the ones who are prepared to mention his name. You know, there's other people as well. And it's important, I'm saying that not to boast on Stephen's behalf, but I'm saying it because if you go and have a look and see how successful what he's been doing is, and then you watch this again from the beginning and see that he's categorically told you that you know, it's not rocket science. If you've got if no. you've got the underlying basic skills you should have as a hypnotherapist, yeah. that you could take a niche in a different area of sports and quite easily carve yourself a reputation there. You're getting oh, results, is, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when, when you get people come to you, you, you're lucky that you're getting people who are like, Way up there. Do you also deal with people yeah. that are... Yeah, yeah. I have a client tonight that's just a local pub player um, uh, and he's travelling about 150 miles just to come and see me. Oh, wow, excellent. I mean, the furthest I've had travel, I had a, a guy fly in to Belfast from America. I picked him up at the airport and brought him here for his, his session and he flew back out the next day. You know? Wow. So, it, but, you know, again... 
I've been fortunate, you know. Uh, this started out of. I'll, I'll actually tell you how it started. I was I, I followed darts, and I was working a lot on the sports performance side in the hypnotherapy, um, which which I relabeled sports mind coaching because an awful lot of people have this oh hypnosis sort of, and and they think it's like voodoo, you know, yeah. uh, and that, that that's probably based on well stems from things you know that might be triggered the 1952 hypnotism act but mm-hmm. you know it was a total misconception you know oh he brainwashes people well actually it don't you know it just relax them and help them achieve their best if i brainwashed people i'd probably be working for the north koreans or the cia let's be honest you know, so uh i was actually on a darts forum maybe 2009 2010 and i talked to a darts player who dropped way down in the world rankings saying, uh, oh, I've dropped out of the, I think he dropped to number like 70 or 75, and he, at one stage he was number two in the world. Okay, and that's he, a drop, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he say, he was saying, he says, I don't know how I can get back up, and I says, I can help you. And he even, how can you help me? And I says, well, I'm a hypnotherapist that specializes in sports performance, and I can really help you. Mm-hmm. Well, what can you do? And I says, well, here, Here's my number. Let's have a chat because it's easier to strike up a rapport when you're actually speaking with people. You know, you can't strike up a rapport chatting online with typing away, but inevitably I'm not a fast typer, so he's waiting a while for my reply. <laughs> so um, uh, I, I says, Let, let's have a chat on. And we, we started talking on the phone and uh, he says, well, can I book a session? And I says, yes, you can book a session. He came and I'd made him a CD before he came. It's MP3s now. Nobody takes CDs anymore. But uh, he went away. He kept in touch over the next three or four months, and lo and behold, he was winning tournament after tournament after tournament. And he says, he phoned me about four and a half months after coming, and he goes, Stephen, just to let you know, I'm now in the top eight in the world again. And I went, wow. And he says, send me business cards. So I I came into the house, and I said to the wife, I says, Leslie, where's my business cards? She says, even on left. You know. We'll have to get on the Vista print and order some business cards. Ordered the business cards, sent them to him. Um, then I'm getting a phone call from other dart players. Can you help me? I've I've sort of struggled. I've had a plateau. I've been playing darts. One this, one that. Can't win anything now. And as soon as they say they can't win anything, I know they've a mental block because I I would always tell people, well, I haven't, rather than saying I can't win anything, I haven't won anything in, in six months, but I'm determined to win something again. It's just a language pattern. Yeah. And then other people started coming to me and, they, you know, one or two of them were saying, I'm not telling anybody because I'm improving and I don't want them to know why I'm improving. And I'm going, oh, no, no, feel free to tell people, honestly, when you've had a few drinks, stepping <laughs> in the conversation. Well, no. And then all of a sudden I started telling people and then I got the phone call from Scott Mitchell and he says, Daryl Fitton's winning tournament after tournament. Tony O'Shea's winning everything. Gary Robson's winning tournament after tournament. He says, um, I, ca- I can only ever get the semi-finals. And I says, well, and I'd already been told about his ability. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic. He's fantastic. And I says, well, Scott, I can make you play the best you can play. And my belief is the best you can play is be world champion. And he says, do you believe in me that much? I says, I believe in you, but if I can make you believe in you, He'll be world champion. Eighteen months later, he was left in the world title. You know, and uh, that that to me that was that that was the pinnacle then. But through him, he gave my phone number 
to, to Glenn Durant and Glenn Durant was saying, I just, everybody's calling me the nearly man. I nearly get there every time. And, and I says, well, listen, let's focus. I've seen you play. I believe you can beat any player in the world. He says, I believe that too, but it's just in the setting. I mean, no, 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 it's not the setting. I says, the situation's the same regardless where you are. You're seven foot nine and a quarter away from that board. It's you and the dartboard and the darts. Doesn't matter what the crowd are saying. Doesn't matter what your opponent's muttering behind you. Doesn't matter if somebody's clinking ice. It's you and the dartboard. And six months later, he left the World Masters. And then all of a sudden, he started, he went a major after major. And then three world titles later, two world masters, three Fender masters, the the countless opens of category A's, B's, and C's. And I got a phone call uh, from somebody that worked for the Middlesbrough Gazette on the interview. Why is, why is the Middlesbrough? And it's because he's from Middlesbrough, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and then I'm getting the Bournemouth Echo phone me. And, and I mean, why are all these regional papers, you know, all around the UK interested? And then I tried, of course, I said, I'm going to get my local papers involved. Not of local interest, not of local Yeah, I mean, there was maybe a few incidences in Northern Ireland were highlighting news better than what I would have highlighted news mm-hmm. for negatively, you know what I mean? Yeah. But journalists will go where the biggest story is. Well, that was fine. And then... I think Glenn won a second world title and I got a phone call from the Irish News and it wouldn't be a paper that would be sold in, well, they'd maybe keep them in my shop, but certainly nobody would be brave enough to buy them in the area, <laughs> you know, because it's of, of, of another persuasion. And uh, they says, we want to do a story about you, but we want you to take out advertising. I says, well, actually, to be honest, I don't need to take out advertising because I'm turning customers away. All right. Would you consider taking out advertising? Well, actually, no. I, I apologize, but thanks for the phone call. I said, because you weren't interested in doing the story on me last year. Oh, right. Oh, well, all right. And then all of a sudden, their sports editor phones me. Can I do a story about you? And I said, yeah. He'd done a story, and people were coming. Says, we just assumed the hypnotist that was treating those dark players lived in England. And I said, well, no, every one of them said he's from Northern Ireland. You know, I says, quite a few of them even says, he lives in Ballygown, just outside Belfast. I says, oh, no, we, we just made the assumption. And then all of a sudden, I was getting loads of local business for the darts. And darts in Northern Ireland would be quite vibrant. But I, I, the darts down south in the Republic would be bigger again. And I would say 95% of my customers locally, not internationally, but locally, are coming from the Republic. So they're traveling, I mean, there's some are traveling four, five, six hours to get to me. And Excellent. to me, that's, that, that's, you know, that's success to me, you know, that people are willing to, to do that. You know, now I have to conquer the market in other areas so that. So for the people who are at home, um, well, wherever they are in the world, well, obviously, Ther- hypnotherapists, nelpers, coaches, whatever bloody title they're under, who are thinking, yeah. oh, I know a few Dars players, but they're thinking, oh, what, what would I do with them? Now, I know that you, I know that when I, when I want to learn something new personally, and this hopefully makes yeah. sense to the people at home, if I wanted to learn 
because I do magic as a, I used to do it for a living, but I do it for a hobby. Yeah. If I wanted to learn coin magic, I would seek out the person who's got the most success, who's known yeah. for it, who's won the most magic awards for it, and I would then study their stuff. So in terms of darts, the results you've got, not, the simple fact is currently, as we speak on the 19th of February 2020, no one else has got the level of success with people in world darts competitions and stuff that you have as a mind therapy practitioner. The facts speak for themselves. So logically, I would be coming and studying your stuff now. For the people at home, I, I want to mention, I know that you have, albeit it's aimed at darts players, but for therapists yeah. watching, it could be worth them getting it to see and listen and observe the kind of techniques you use with your clients yeah. that you're getting success with. That you've got a, a, um, a hypno dart, some. Yeah, yeah, I've got a hypno darts package. It's like six or seven sessions on download. Uh, and uh, obviously, a listening uh, guideline with it. Uh, it's, it's, it's on hypnodarts.com or assuredhypnotherapy.com. You know, both of them lead to the same site, just the pointing. But, uh, the link will be right below this video. Right. And the, the, it's, it, it basically encompasses every, every area of darts, from hitting your doubles, from closing out a game. But that's the same with any sport, throwing the last punch. You know what I mean? Finishing well, crossing that line. Uh, you have to have the drive for one. You know, I don't. I don't want to go into too much psychology here, but we'll put it this way: for people that follow football, soccer, for international ones, Alex Ferguson was never a sports psychologist. However, if you asked me who the best sports psychologist was in the world, I would have said Alex Ferguson, because he took team. He took a team. Even the year he retired, he took a team that won the league by 13 or 15 points that the following manager couldn't take into the top four. You know, the, the same players, mm-hmm. same team, you know, same squad. He, now we've all heard the stories about him throwing about, and maybe that's a bit extreme, but he knew how to get the best out of every single one of his players, and he never treated every one of them the same. So he knew which one responded to a hug around the shoulder. And what's one responded to kick up the ass? Now, to motivate my three children, I have to approach every one of them differently. As much as I'd like to kick them all up the backside at times, you know, I know they don't respond to that. My elder one will respond to being pushed. My middle one's a bit more sensitive. You know, she'll respond to a bit of encouragement. Younger one, I will. I still think she's the boss. She 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 responds to nothing at the minute, but she's only five, so we'll get there with her. But it's about finding what your client will respond to if you're treating them one to one. If you're doing a generic treatment, it's about choosing the best approach and encompassing everything. You know, get the fired get get them fired up. Visualizing, visualizing. You, you know. You have to visualize to to succeed. If you want to be a millionaire, you you don't sit and go, how am I going to get out of this estate? How am I going to get out? How am I going to get a new car? You visualize yourself in the new place. You visualize yourself being successful. And when you do that, 
it inspires you to have dreams and and, and just it, it, it pushes you towards success and you know whether it's in sport whether it's in business whether it's in academia the process is the same people make too much out of it oh but how, I wouldn't know how to do it apply to this well you, you look at a salesman a salesman uses the same techniques as a motivational speaker you know what I mean and, and they, basically, a salesman is selling you something you don't actually need. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, look, this car has hated seats. Oh, but I live in the Bahamas. I don't need it. Says, oh, but you'll have the only car with hated seats. You know, you have to... It, what I do in the hypnotarch could be applied to any sport. But when you take the psychology, it could be applied to anything. You know, if you want to get the best out of people, your clients, you know, if you want to go in and be a motivational speaker, a public speaker, or uh, a business performance consultant, that's a new one for me. I'm going to write that down. A business performance consultant, that, that's actually quite good. Um, you, the process is the same. You know, you see what the targets are. You see who's willing to go for the targets. I mean, because in business, there, there will be dead weight. If people say... I've never been asked to do that before. You know, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Well, they're not gonna they're not gonna progress the business forward. You need to you know, you know, here's the targets. Who's willing to go for them targets? Who's willing to try and surpass them targets? Because at the end of the day, you know, if you're surpassing your expectation expectations, you're succeeding. Yeah. And and that's the same in hypnotherapy. There's not. You, you and I know there's an awful lot of people who have great potential or great hypnotherapists and they're failed hypnotherapists. You know, there's more, there's more people quit being a hypnotherapist than the most professions. You, 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 they come and go, well, you, you run the training school, you see that they've started. Oh, I, now they're back, they're back washing cars for a living, you know. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm glad yeah. to say that I can honestly say... That I, and, and, and I am saying this on here, so you know, people want to challenge me on this, fine, contact me. I would quite happily state here and go into court of law and say I have a higher success rate percentage-wise with people I teach hypnotherapy and such to of them actually getting into business and remaining in business than any other trainer in the world. And that sounds incredibly arrogant, but I keep an eye out. And you're right, most people... They're doing it part-time. Even the people who look like they're successful, just because they've got a wonderful website, you check them out, really dig close in the social media, and they slip up somewhere, and you find out they're in a part-time job on the side as well because they can't bloody make it pay because most of the courses are run by people who don't have any real-world success other than making the money from teaching other people. So they can't teach the people how to get clients, for starters, which is ridiculous. And that's the thing. And the one thing I noticed with you, I think it was oh, maybe 2003, 2004, uh, the oh, Britannia okay. Hotel in, in, in Birmingham, we were standing having a chat, and you says, but you can always ring me, you know, because I would say, I, I I think you and Andrew Newton were standing smoking back when there was a smoking area in hotels. That's that's a while ago. It's, and, yeah, it's definitely around 2003-4-ish. Uh, yeah. And I, I'd say, well, what if you get somebody that comes to with something that you've never treated before? You sort of says, well, the, the process is the same, but you can always phone me. And I've never heard that from any other training school. You can always phone me. They'd say, 
there's a helpline or you can go on a forum and ask a question. But that's different than me lifting, and uh, where's Alex's number? And hello, right? I have an awkward client here. They've been to five other hypnotherapists, and you, you, you were approachable. And plus, there was no bullshit. You know what I mean? Uh, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't Not swear. Not as scary as it appears. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You, you know, I remember somebody asking, "Does anybody know what Ericksonian hypnosis is?" At, 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 at one of your courses. And then this guy at the back puts his hand up and he goes, it's the hypnosis that Milton Erickson did. And you know, well, obviously, but, yeah. what, you know, and he, yeah, I know Erickson, everybody praised him. But he, there was one study where he tried so many times, maybe a hundred times, I can't remember the number, to hypnotize one person until he was successful. Frap hypnotist Erickson and this yeah. one. At people but if you think he because there's books out and people go Ericsson the god of hypnosis you know we could hypnotize people without them even knowing they were being hypnotized no he bored them to death over hours and he used psychological persuasion techniques that are frankly unethical and borderline illegal and he admitted this himself in his own journal that he published himself that he would whilst working in psychiatric wards go get people uh, if arguably hypnotise them, put them into a trance state and lean them so the head's against the wall and they're at an angle, for example, so they're in the stress position of catalepsy and leave them there for hours for his own amusement. The guy was a perverted, sick, twisted person into bondage, domination, sadomasochism with his psychiatric clients for his own personal perversions. And yes, I do have evidence of that. It's in the biology of hypnosis video set that's on magicalguru.com and all of it he admitted to himself in his own publications but people seem to ignore all that sorry but there's not sure the difference the in, but there's not sure the difference in time and generation the people weren't outraged back then whereas if you did that now you'd be in court within a heartbeat yeah you know what i mean and 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 that's that's the thing uh so to me, given hypnosis a label as Erickson hypnosis or Bandler hypnosis or Glender hypnosis, it's, it's rubbish. You know, it, it's it's hypnotherapy. It's, it could be called relaxation therapy for all you want, because what you're basically doing is relaxing them down into that state, which I would have always described just before you're awake in the morning. And well, you're still not quite wide awake, but we've had to sleep, but totally aware of everything. Mm-hmm. You can make the optimum suggestion. And people saying, oh, I don't believe in suggesting hypnotherapy. Everything in life is suggestion. You know, I go to church. You know, you could you could not believe in God unless you're suggestible. You could not be an atheist unless you're suggestible. It all, you couldn't learn to walk, talk, read, or write unless you're, you're open to suggest, suggestion. You know, anybody that's not suggestible is in a coma. And that's too far gone for hypnotherapy. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's, you couldn't learn to be a physicist if you weren't open to suggestion and open to the theories of physics. You could, in you fairness, know. In fairness to Erickson, there's one thing he said, which is true, although, uh, which is the um, clients all have the answer to their own problems within themselves. Well, there again, that wasn't Ericsson's creation because Sigmund Freud, Sigmund Freud said a very similar thing. Yeah. Um, and in that regard, let me 
throw this at you and then you you can then expand on it. For, for the people at home to put this in context, if suddenly someone contacted me and it was for darts, and I've never dealt with anyone who played darts before. So the first thing I'd do, I would get hold of Stephen's HypnoDarts package from hypnodarts.com, the link will be there, and see what someone who's having massive success is, is doing. Well, let's say somebody came to you for, well, here's an example. The first time somebody came to me for football, I yeah. hate football with a passion. I hated it at school because it'd be rainy, muddy. I didn't see the point. If you like the ball, why stop kicking it away from yourself? Sorry for <laughs> I'm just upset. But I, I just did fucking pointless. And the truth is it was only made the national game because governments encouraged it so that it can divide and conquer and cause arguments. So it's a level of mind control. But anyway, aside from that, somebody came to me. They wanted to offer me money to help them improve their game. And I'm on about professional professional level. Yeah. In the past, I've worked with... Um, Blackburn Rovers, uh, when they were in the Premiership. Wigan Athletic, I worked with them two weeks before a vital game, and then they ended up getting into the Premiership. But this was actually, it was from neither of those teams. But he came, this first time I'd ever done anything football-wise. I don't know the first thing about football, except I don't like it. But what I thought was, well, he knows. So I asked him, what is it about your game that you need to improve? And I took notes. Yeah. And I said, what areas of the position you play? Because I knew that much. I knew everyone had their own different position. But yeah. I, I said, you know, what is it you need to do to the best of your ability? What is it you think has been screwing up? And yeah. how do you think I can help you do that? Because I'm a great believer that if they turn around and say, or you know, have me imagine X, Y, Z, that even if that would be unconventional, yeah. if they think it, then it's worth doing because they've got yeah. a belief in it. And you just take what they say and feed it back to them in a manner of doing like mental rehearsals, because unconsciously we don't know the difference between yeah. reality or fake, and get them to see themselves kicking the ball at the right angle so it goes in the goal or whatever it is relevant to their yeah. sport that they said using most importantly the language and terms that they use yes and that is how i would approach it with someone i'd never you know a sport that i'd never had any dealings with or knowledge of before what what can you add to that i have a, another similar example to that had a guy a guy phoned and says he wanted to come to me for sports performance he heard it was really good mm-hmm. and he played polo well Idiot here thought he meant water polo, swimming. No, this was a guy that played polo. No, your million pound a game, polo on a horse. Oh, yes. Yeah. But I just assumed, oh, he's working class like me. (laughs) Um, But anyway, he came and big fancy car and all. And he came in through the house and out to my office at the back. And we're talking away. And at that stage, I realized I know frig all about polo and I just done exactly what you done I said so you know how often do you play where do you play oh I play all around the world I was playing in Brazil last week were you very good for you you know and then what do you like about the game you tell me what positions have you played because I didn't know what positions there was in polo Mm -hmm. all I know is you're on a horse and you're waving a stick you know and he started talking away and he says look I just I just want to be more gung-ho we've got breather and 
And you know, yeah, so you want to up your bravery. And you, he says, I want to go in for the, for the balls that are maybe 50-50, that I'm a wee bit afraid of maybe coming off my horse or hurting my horse. Very, very protective over his horse. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm going, okay. So I'm just writing down, wants to be more, more gung-ho, wants to thrust forward. That's all. I, I just used his language in, in repeating back. To this day, I know nothing about Bolo. You know, I don't think I'll ever be playing the game. I mean, I, I, I walk on a walking <laughs> stick after back surgery. I don't think I could get on a rocking horse, never mind an ordinary horse. Excellent. So, uh, you know, I, I, but you have to treat them for what they want. You know, if they if they told you patting their head and sticking their tongue out, they think would cure them. I said, well, that's okay. Let's try that. You know, <laughs> let's pat your head and stick your tongue out and see how you feel. Do you feel better after that? You know, you're treating the client, and we, we we get hung up. Yes, I know a lot about darts. I know a lot about snooker. I know a lot about other sports that I've been involved in. But there's a lot of sports I know nothing about. I'm, I'm cricket. I, you know, I couldn't even tell you the scoring system in cricket. A lot of my family watch cricket, and I'm going, why? You know, it's just, oh, it's great. It's on for five days. Their clothes are still white. That's not a sport. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's getting dirty. They're throwing off their ball, and nobody, you know, nobody's tackling him. But uh, it's, I, I know nothing about cricket, but I, I still, on, on, using their knowledge, you could still treat them. Now, if I wanted to stream and perfect cricket, I would have to learn more about it. But you can treat the one-off individual for what their aims are without a lot of knowledge of the sport. You know what I mean? It's, uh, I mean for instance, my middle child, she's quite a, a, a talented gymnast. Before she started gymnastics, I don't think I'd ever watched it. I'd seen it on and went, oh, that's very good, and turned it over. But now I have more of an interest in gymnastics, and I would treat her coming prior to competitions, you know, and and, and, and she's won quite a few, but uh, it was never a sport I was interested in, you know. Uh, but it, 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 everything's treatable. I mean, it's, if somebody comes to you with a phobia of red chairs, I only said that because my daughter's doll's red chairs there, but uh, if somebody comes to you with a phobia of red chairs, it's no different than removing the phobia of a spider. It's no different than removing the phobia of a snake. It's still an irrational fear. And see this here. I, I've met many. I, in fact, I treated a girl who attended a hypnotherapist twice a week, twice a week, for 40 weeks for a certain problem. It was a psychosexual problem. And I, I well, why did you go twice a week? Well, he told me I needed to. I said, what did he do? He kept asking me, where did I think I started? I mean, oh, I don't want to know where it started. Mm-hmm. I just want you to realize now what, what your boyfriend is wanting with you is different than what other people want with you, which may or may, or may not have triggered this. I says, there may have things that happened that have triggered what's going on. But inevitably, there isn't always something. And just because he says he's regressing you back, if you're going twice a week for 40 weeks, I mean, basically, she's paid the guy's mortgage. You know, yeah. uh, I, I I says, there's, you know, one, if he's telling you he's regressing, he's not regressing you correctly, because it shouldn't take that long. No. And two, I, I don't think there's any need for it. What we need to do is draw a line in the sand and change the way you think about intimacy now compared to what the feelings you had for intimacy in the past. She was with me 40 minutes. Left. Got up and hugged me and showed me she hadn't hugged him on in 20 years. Okay. Got up and hugged me and said thank you. And I said, you're welcome. 
Now, in that, those situations, four therapists that are going down that route, I find it very difficult in that route, which is why I limit it, because you end up upsetting yourself. It's important to be empathetic and not overly sympathetic, because you don't want them to see you emotional. Mm-hmm. But three weeks after she, she left me, she sent me a wee card saying that her and her, her boyfriend had got married in the city hall. And I went, wow, clearly intimacy problems are no longer a problem anymore. But four months after that, I get another card, a wee picture of a baby scan. You know, and that was one session with me. But should, should 80 sessions with another hypnotherapist? And I go, Madness. you shouldn't even need eight. Never mind 80. You know what I mean? And most things can be treated in one session. Unless you're yeah. treating somebody maybe that's going through cancer or something and they need the reassurance every week. That's yeah. different. But most things, most things unless there's deep-seated trauma, can be treated in one session. And I think people get overly hung up and, oh, well, I was on a hypnotherapy course and they told me it's three to five sessions of normal. Yeah, for crap hypnotherapists it is. <laughs> Not for somebody that's competent at the job or for somebody that's just, you know, looking for repeat custom and, and ripping the person off. Yeah, you know? I agree with you more, but I want to just, for the people, listeners at home, draw their attention again to the fact of the clarification of unless it was and you gave the example of a cancer patient it might want reassurance that's effectively a positive state of mind counsel yeah for me uh to keep them in a good zone you know um and yet that's fine i but with sports psychology stuff as well you're going to see them more than once, aren't you? Because I know with the yes, football because players, they're setting themselves different goals. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're coming, I want to get into the top 100. I want to get into the top 50. I want to win the world championships or I want to get mature card. They, they, the goals keep changing because it, it it's a continuous cycle. You know what I mean? And, and at times, it's not, well, if you look at football, football changes because... They've introduced VAR, which is basically a defender's nightmare. Firing a video up of it's, it's video replay of incidents so that the referee okay. can. It slows the game down. It's it, it's rubbish for the fans. Yeah. And they're given penalties that, that would never have been penalties in a million years. So a defender has to be critically careful because everything is on replay. Mm-hmm. So you can understand somebody coming back saying, I need to be more precise. Still gung ho, but more precise. Yeah, and that's understandable because the standards in the games change. And if you know, friend, if Glenn Durant phones me tomorrow and says, "Stephen, um, I've won three world titles. I want to win ten world titles. Can I come over and see you?" Yes, Glenn, book a flight. I'll see you. Not a problem. Or can I bring you over to see me? Not a problem. Let me know the dates and we'll work it out with the diaries. And that's different because they're changing their goals because initially it was, I want to win a world title mm-hmm. or I want to win a ranking major. But that's definitely, you know, what we were talking about before is for generic problems. Yeah. Habit control, habit control, removing phobias, relief from anxiety, especially if they know what the anxiety is for. What are you anxious for? Oh, when when my wife hits me with a poker, well, leave your wife. You know, <laughs> the anxiety will soon <laughs> disappear. You know what I mean? It, 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 although you have to be a wee bit more diplomatic and saying that there, you know. You, you, but if, if people know what's causing the anxiety, you can treat them in one session. 
if they're just generally anxious person. You can still treat them on one session because you're just treating their responses to being anxious. When you're anxious, take a deep breath. Imagine that you're looking at a red ball. And as you, cl- you breathe deeply and deeper and deeper and breathe, that ball loses color and gets smaller and smaller until it's, it's eventually a speck of dust, which you can hit with a hammer. And, it's, and, and that's the anxiety gone. That's the quickest anxiety session I've ever done, by the way. <laughs> so, um, it's, I would say a lot with generic therapy rather than sports therapy. With the generic therapy, if you can get people to control their breathing, that's a big plus because when people are anxious they breathe shallow and fast Mm -hmm. i can't cope i can't cope oh what if my daddy finds out you know but if you can get them control their breathing it relaxes their body which invariably helps you relax their mind and that helps them see things more rational i mean if your wife's afraid of spiders and she's screaming and shouting you could be the best hypnotherapist in the world but there's an emotional attachment to you and she's not going to listen. Most wives don't listen to their husbands, but she's not going to listen to you when you say, catch yourself on, give yourself a shake. It's only a spider. Mm-hmm. And what I said before, and I know people fell, fell out when I said it, I've said before, hypnotherapy is applying old granny wisdom in a more relaxed manner. Because my granny would have said, give yourself a shake, catch yourself on. Right? And when you step back and think of it, that's what you're telling your client in a phobic situation. I'm afraid of snakes, right? Well, there's no snakes in the UK. Do you have snakes as pets? No. I'm terrible afraid of snakes. And really, in your head, you're going, catch yourself on. But when you relax them and invariably tell them, well, there's no snakes in the UK, so you shouldn't be overly anxious. If it's bothering you on TV, you can turn the channel. However, a snake cannot harm you. You're not in, you're not in an environment where a snake can harm you. You know, snakes are of no significance to you. If you're ever on a holiday where snakes are about, you know, you'll be in a controlled environment, you know. Just to really upset a lot of people who watch this at home, I'll take it a step further. And I think that, especially when you're charging a sizable fee as a therapist, when the client comes to you, we'll use phobia as an example, but I think this applies to everything, pretty much everything. I believe that they have already decided that they are ready to no longer be scared of the thing or yeah. to stop smoking or to whatever. Yeah, you're the last stop. And we, as the therapist, are merely giving them um, a kind of invisible shield. Because if they, if they just woke up one morning and said, right, I'm no longer scared of, scared of spiders, and let you that day, the spider, the family notice a spider go in the room, and it's obvious that that person's seen it, but they're just dead relaxed and go, oh, I better go and get a plastic box and casually go and get the spider and put it outside. The family or the friends who might be there would go, Dave, assuming they call Dave, Dave, um, you normally shriek like a girl and jump on the couch if you see a spider. What's going on? You've just dead calm, relaxed, got that, put it outside. And if Dave turns around and goes, oh, well, actually, I realised it was silly and uh, so I've decided not to do that anymore. And his mates and his family uh, uh, say something, perhaps unwittingly, like, well, why didn't you do it sooner, you flipping idiot? You know, make him feel bad. So he'd end up relapsing and becoming scared of spiders again to prove that he wasn't stupid and daft. Yeah. Whereas if it comes to a therapist, pays you money, me money, the viewer money goes through an important seeming ritualistic process 
in the safe environment of the authority figure therapist to successful consulting room, when they leave, they can leave behind any self-blame, shame, guilt and regret for not having got off yeah. their ass and done it themselves sooner, but also have an invisible force field almost around them of protection so they don't relapse because when the family see them not scared of spiders and say, why didn't you do it sooner? They can say, oh, I tried, but I needed the help of this expert therapist. Yeah. So I went through that and now I have, and they've got the perfect reason, excuse and permission to change without kind of coming under attack and that's what yeah. i think it's a yeah, lot it's guided therapy you're just guiding them to what they, they they really want you know and as you say as when they pay the money to me that's the biggest the biggest uh suggestion that that everything's going to go okay as soon as they volunteer that money they're committing a the contract that i'm being i'm being cured here and i'm paying for it you know i wouldn't pay hundreds of pounds to something that i wasn't sure wasn't going to work you wouldn't do it. You know, you're not going to turn to your wife and say, your belly button reading, right? You know, you, you, oh, I shouldn't have answered that, but your belly button reading. Somebody out there reads toenails. Oh, and they're really good at it. They can tell what's going to happen in the future. And he's only £700 an hour. Now, your wife, I'm assuming she's a bit sensible, like my wife and we go. Very sensible, yes. Yeah, catch a grip. So, to read your toenails. Sure, you can barely bloody cut the things. What are you talking about? You know, and, and but there will be the one. There will be the one idiot that will go, oh, I, I always knew I could see things in my toenails. You try washing them. You know, but they, they'll, they'll go and this person will tell them everything they want to hear. For people thinking so, we've entirely lost the plot here, if you go to magicalguru.com, you will see a tab that says belly button reading, and that will explain the yeah. context of this pay. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? People will pay any people that are desperate will pay any amount of pounds for what they want to hear, which is why, as I said, I go to church. I'm not a fan of certain certain churches that you're your prosperity preaching you know you give to me and god gives to you you know you'll have that jet you'll be able to fly the world whatever you give to me will be replayed to you 10 times over well hold on a minute i'm giving to you and you're you're flying a layer jet you know why do you need that to spread the word i have to go all around the world you no you've got the internet you don't have to go all around the world you can sit on facebook or skype and preach you don't have to have a $70 million plane nowhere in the Bible. And Jesus wrote about the donkey. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's just an issue I have. But the people that are given to those people, that's, I'm going to get lots of hate mail from prosperity preachers, but people that are given to those people are inevitably the people that can't afford, that are looking answers, that are buying the handkerchief with Jesus Christ initials on it thinking it cures cancers, that are buying this, it cures AIDS. These are people that have no more options left. And they'll say, oh, oh I'll borrow money. And I would, yeah, don't get me wrong. If you were in desperation and it was for one of your children, I would try anything to help one of my children, as would you. But there's people out there that prey on it. And, you know, to me, and I'm not giving names and I'm not reporting anybody, but that guy that seen that girl for 40 weeks, twice a week, he preyed on her. 
Yeah. Whether he believes he preyed on her or not is another thing. Yeah. It was wrong. You know, she was with me 40 minutes and she was cured. And it was in an area that I, yes, I've treated before, but I don't feel, not that I don't feel comfortable with, I always feel upset after that. When you're hearing somebody that's going through such a hard time and it's so emotional and there has been things that have happened in their past, which I told her I had no interest in hearing because the past is the past. We, if you if you relive bad experiences over and over and over again, you'll never be happy. You know, if you're sitting thinking, remember that bugger that called me out of 20 grand? Remember him. Remember him. Remember him. You're never going to get over it because you're focusing on the negative all the time. You know, and that, 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 was, that was a relatively easy one in comparison to what people that are coming with, with, with the psychosexual stuff. But... If you can't, if I can't help somebody or at least to make them feel better in an hour, in 40 minutes to an hour, I'd be reluctant to take them for repeat custom because I would say, listen, maybe the rapport is not there between me and you or maybe hypnotherapy is not for you, but I can refer you to somebody that deals with this all the time. Yeah. And that, that was the sad thing too of that girl. That's one that, of, of quite a lot that you hear of, but the, that's one that came to me for a service that I was happy to provide on a one-off occasion. But there is things out there. There is support groups and there is um, crisis centres that offer, whether their services is good or not, but they offer services for free to people in those situations. So anybody that's going to take them twice a week, rather than say, hold on a minute here, there's people that do this all the time and it's not going to cost you a penny, love. Yeah. I mean, because I asked her how she afforded going twice a week to this guy. Mm. And she told me she borrowed against her house. And yeah, I went, what? But, you know, that's one story. Many, many nightmare stories is are out there like that. And the problem is, when you hear a story like that, if you're not in the field, if you're not in our, our, our circles, you're going, they're all charlatans. You know, and that, who's... Why would you go to that? that, that, that I, I could tell you a story about a girl that's remortgaged her house just to, and you're, you're thinking, you know, if we weren't in the field that we're in, we, we, we would label everybody in that field yeah. as charlatans. And the, there, has to be, there has to be an ethical line somewhere. And, you know, if I don't think I can help you, I, I will. I have in the past turned away custom. I'm sorry, it's not for me. But I can I can recommend somebody to you. Mm. Um, so although we say a lot of generic things can be treated the same, if you don't feel comfortable, and this can out to every therapist out there, if you don't feel comfortable taking the custom on, and you don't want to tell them you don't feel comfortable, just say I'm sorry, I am booked out, but I can get you a name of somebody that's within the vicinity that I would recommend. Yeah. And, refer them to another professional you don't have to let on that you're not comfortable with treating that just let on you're more successful than what you are you know mm. what i mean I, i've been having to turn so much business away and i really feel for you but if you if you give me your email i'll send you the number of a guy or a girl that's really good and even if you don't know the number of a guy or a girl that's really good come off research find out and ping something to them I do and then that I do think quite often a lot of therapists love, mainly because of the training they've got, the way they, 
things are overcomplicated because the trainers want to justify yeah. going on another course and another course. Yeah. Whereas in truth, quite often it's about just the past. Uh, people are either living in the past, things yeah. that happened that they wish we could change, which regrets, guilt, shame, self-blame, yeah. but ultimately causing depression or negative that thoughts. Yeah. Or they're living in the future with fear of will this happen or won't it? Anxiety yes. on stress of will I be able to pay the bills and well, stuff. It's future or past. Whereas if they lived in the moment, they wouldn't have those wouldn't worry about stress and anxiety or panic attacks. Yeah. They wouldn't have the depression because you're not dwelling on the negatives that's occurred. You could live for now. It's awareness of now, well, the moment. I, I had. I so, I had a client once that came to me because they were afraid terrorists are going to blow us up in the street. There's, there's going to be a third world war. And I'm going, where are you getting all this from? She says, I spend my day sitting watching CNN. When they're watching the 24 hours news cycle, that inevitably only opposites ratings when it's showing bad news. Yeah. The good news stories, most people say, oh, it's nice and turn over. You know what I mean? So this person's getting the most negative spin on stuff. And you know, I've seen things happen, especially here in Northern Ireland during the Troubles. I've seen things happen and then watch the news about them going, that's not exact. It wasn't, wasn't as bad as that. Now, you can get me wrong. There was horrendous things happened. But they even the most minuscule thing, they put a bad spin on. right? And that's the news. But that person was living their life watching 24-hour news and then wondering why they were depressed. You know, I watch the news at 6 o'clock and then come off and how does anybody watch more than half an hour of that? Mm. Some nights I don't bother. I watch the headlines, turn it over, you know. But the if you're living your life, especially in today's hyper-information society, you know, you even see it on Facebook. If you search something up in the news, if you seen a news article and you go, oh, I want to research something, that's forever in your tagline. Every time you go into Facebook, there'll be an advert related to that topic that you've been on. So it sucks. if you're susceptible to being easily led, it sucks you in straight away. And people are, as you say, they're living in the past and the future. I mean, I, I, I hear it all the time. Look at what's happening in China. Look what's happening. Well, that's always happened in China. You know, that's all. We're only hearing about it now because we have such hyper information. If it happens in China, you can hear about it within 10 minutes in the UK. Whereas in the 1950s, if it happened in China, you might never have heard about it. You know what I mean? If it happened in Australia, it took a month to get the news to the UK. You know, oh, there was a bushfire in Australia. Oh, look at all these floods and hurricanes. Well, yeah. I mean, I, and I, I do have to laugh because I was I was talking to a guy on the bus and he says, well, all these hurricanes prove uh, climate change. I says, well, your climate always changes. I says, I'm not saying global warming does or doesn't exist. But if you go through history, there's always been a change of climate. No, there hasn't. Well, there has. That's just historical fact. I'm not arguing one way or the other because mm. I don't want to get into debate. Ah, uh, but look at how many hurricanes. I said, well, there was more hurricanes in the 1930s in America than there is now. Well, there wasn't. I said, no, there was. I mean, if you go back into whatever their meteorological society is, it'll stay. The, the highest was in the 1930s, early 1940s, was the highest ratio of, of tornadoes and twisters and hurricanes. Well, no, because I was watching such and such. I mean, well, I'm just telling you, historical fact, there was more back then. Oh, you're a climate change denier. I, mean, I haven't once mentioned climate change and hurricanes themselves, meteorologically, have nothing to do with climate change. 
will they have? Because I've seen it. And that's the way information goes. Controversial aside, most people don't independently research. And if they did, soon find... They live their life in headlines. News. They live their life in headlines. And unfortunately, that affects everything. And it's the same. We're treating people for anxiety. I'm surprised there isn't more people suffering with depression with the amount of crap that's on, on the news. You know what I mean? Everything is blown up you know everything if if something happens in manchester right it's heard within london in seconds but it's like chinese whispers around the world you know a man run down the night down the street with a knife in manchester by the time it's good to london he was running down the street shooting a lot bar near the suicide restaurant no yeah. it just escaped from the local hospital you know what i mean <laughs> it's oh, yeah, it, 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 and, and everybody gets depressed. Oh, how can my child? And, and you know, you have to live your life. Live your life in the moment. You know, if you, as you say, live for now rather than the past and the future. And if you have future aspirations, set go, set targets and goals now to go forward and achieve those aspirations. You know what I mean? And the way I look at it, I might never be a very affluent person, but I'm going to have something left that my children are going to have a better, you know, they're going to get a nice house left to them that they can split three ways. I can carve the fight over because I'll not be there. But you know what I mean? They're going to get some money left to them. So you're going to set your children up to have a better life than you have. And that's that's all I can ask in life is that I'm setting my children on a better foundation. And, you know, when it, this is way, way off being from sports performance, but when we, when we go back to the sports performance, everything you do, everything you aspire to, you should always aspire to be the best. If you want to be a hypnotherapist, anybody out there that's training to be a hypnotherapist, you should aspire to be the best hypnotherapist you can be. Now, that could be end up being the best in Detroit or the best in the world. But you should be aspire, You should never say, mm, I don't want to do it, but I can pass. I, I feel more confident that Jonathan do that. You know, uh, he's a really great hypnotherapist. Well, if you think he's a really good hypnotherapist, you should aspire to be like him. And the way I look at it business-wise, R&D stands for research and development, but its real meaning is rub and duplicate. If it's right, it's right. Mm-hmm. You know, Pepsi robbed and duplicate from Coca-Cola. It's not as good as Coca-Cola, but it's still a billion-dollar industry. You know what I mean? It, it, it's well it's a, that's a matter of opinion some people prefer it some people don't but everything in life there's nothing nothing's getting invented now really that wasn't invented before you're robbing and duplicating you know especially when it comes to therapy i mean you're hearing the new therapies all the time and you you know you're 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 tapping therapies the meridian therapy it's no different than emdr or eft they're all the same it's all the Mental. same principle i categorically i have a thing that i call the elite hypnosis boot camp which is everything i've ever released over like the past 30 yeah. years but it's not just me there's like 16 other experts in different areas yeah and i guarantee there is nothing invented now or in the future that isn't taught inside there somewhere. It might not have the yeah. same name, but that's all they're doing. They're just taking old stuff. Just rebranding. And giving it new names. It's bullshit. Yeah. It's, it's like them guys. And they sold millions of them. They stuck the wee patches on you. If you're a sports person, it was a wee patch filled with water. Yeah. This makes you perform better. No, it doesn't. Well, but so many, sports, so many sports people bought them and run with them and said, 
yeah, I feel like I'm running better. Only because you were told you would run better. It's nothing to do. You're so, actually carrying milligram of weight more. You're, you're less aerodynamic than what you were when you started running. You know what I mean? It's But if people believe it will help, it inevitably will. As long as you're ethical about it is the most important thing when you're treating a client. And I think that's a massive message there. Thank you, Steve. And we've gone over time but i don't care we will not be cutting any of it out because as i always say and in particular this week viewers get a pad get a pen watch this again and take notes because there's a hell of a lot of information in the past hour and 20 minutes more than you'll uh, realize at first and then take a visit to the link that will be below this video to hypnodarts.com or assured hypnotherapy and you know if you want to work in the sports arena Order Stephen's Hypno Darts package, get an idea of the kind of techniques he uses with clients for that. And as he said, change the terminology and you can use it in football or basketball or polo or... Polo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you, Stephen. It's been an absolute Thank pleasure. You, Thank you very yes. much, Dave. See you all next week on Hypnosis Week. Bye for now.